Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Man, I gotta tell you, we had a really good discussion based around needs in our marriage. And this was more or less a sort of deep dive into my marriage as I realized some of the things I chose to give up for my wife allowed me to realize my needs sometimes are different than what I originally think they are. Yeah, I like that once we started talking about needs and processing how we figure those out, that we could take away, just keep asking why um, when we have actions around our needs and once you keep asking why you figure out what the real need is at the end of it. Yeah. And once we figure out what that real need is, we can actually take some steps to make that relationship work. And if we can make our relationship work, I think we can win in our marriage. Awesome. So keep listening and make sure you get all the details that we cover in this episode and welcome. I mean, needs in marriage, it's, it sounds kind of selfish, right? When you hear needs, you're like, I mean, I know what I want, but (laughs) should I even be doing that? Cause I'm married now or I'm about to be married. Or if you're in the beginning stage of your, uh, you know, that whole process, like, you know, whatever she wants, is going to be great and whatever. Right. So it really takes some self-reflection to, um, and to really search yourself like, okay, what, what, what do I want? What do I need out of this marriage? Um, or what if doesn't happen will become problematic, right? Because needs could be seen as extreme, but at the same time, when you have those things fulfilled, there is a different bounce in your step or a different level of engagement within your relationship, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I I think it's interesting to think that, I think for me, I'd have to determine is what I'm wanting actually a need? You know, there's there's that fine line between, hey, this is something that Harlan would really, really, really like, which probably mirrors a want versus this man this is a deal breaker i i need you to 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 meet me here at this level and the expectation is that you will meet me here at this level consistently you know um i think that for me the my struggle would be getting out of my head and actually determining if what i'm seeking from my spouse is an actual need yeah, I, I definitely went through a period in my marriage where there was a lot of things on the table that I thought were non-negotiables for my sanity. Um, you know, some of them, well, actually, they all actually, because this is who I am, revolved around having competition outside of the home. Um, and, I, and I think largely I was probably right to some extent, but the way I kind of put my foot down on that wasn't correct, right? Like I, I didn't necessarily need it to be in the avenues that I was pursuing at the time. Um, you know, for, for a time I was very heavy into shooting pool and, you know, I was in this league that's like national and technically international. Um, you know, once you get to the top level of it, 
um, for the the yearly tournament. And you know, I was like, I've been playing pool all my life. You know, this is part of my identity. You know, the, you know that, and I don't feel I should be expected to give this up. Mm. Now, when we're talking about needs, it's a two way street. And my wife needed me to be home more often with the kids and needed me to be there for her more often. So I ended up giving it up. And I'll be honest with you, I don't really miss it all that much. Right. So which is pretty cool because can you say then that pool was just a want? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I convinced myself that it was a need mm -hmm. because what it was actually providing for me was some time out of the house and out of the stress of being like a father and a husband, right. And having someone else draw from you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was just, you know, not technically alone time, but it was time for myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what it was providing. And I was like, well, yeah, I need that. So I need pool. Yeah. Right. But that could have been replaced by pretty much anything, anything, any vice. Anything, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And that's pretty cool that you were able to like to draw that line of delineation to be like, hey, this is the actual need. I don't, I don't really need to be playing pool and shooting billiards, you know, um, but I just needed that sp essentially space, right? Right. right. That's good because not many people, not everybody gets to that point where they could diagnose themselves and get past the symptoms and, and go right to the source of like what is actually causing the angst in the relationship. Yeah. Well, let's be fully transparent here. How it actually happened is I chose to put my wife first. On the back end, I was able to figure out once I realized that, oh, I don't actually miss playing pool all that much. Now, like I'll still find some of my friends and occasionally play. Right. Um, but after I was able to separate it from my life or separate me from that life, I then figured out that the pool wasn't necessarily what I wanted or needed. And, you know, that's kind of how I got to that, that space. Yeah. So, I mean, and maybe even that is just a good practice is take a break from the things you think you need or have convinced yourself that you needed to see if it's actually a need. Ooh. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's a great tip because we don't always want to take the time to figure out what it is or even know how to, but because you chose to put your wife first, you were able to, you know, over time, it wasn't just like, okay, I put it down and now I know what it is. It was like, oh, okay. So what I really still need is just some time away from the house to whatever and find that fulfillment, which is always an interesting we as guys don't ever take that time to reflect mm -hmm. and kind of figure out like we see an action and figure out that's what we need to do or like a purpose of something, but we're not really good at finding out the meaning behind that. Mm -hmm. So if we can take the time, um, it'd be, it'd be good. Just like you said, your example's great. Yeah. And I actually doubled down on that this past year, um, made a commitment to my wife that I wasn't going to golf. And the primary reason for that is just for the sheer amount of money that I spend on golf, it could be going towards paying off our debt. 
right? Now, I did still um, get out a couple times this year. Um, and more or less, it was just a couple tournaments that I typically play every year. And then there was one other time that uh, a friend of mine called me on a whim and, you know, looked to the left and was like, hey, baby, is this all right? Could I, could I go this one time for it gets too cold, <laughs> right? Um, but largely, if I had to estimate how many times I typically golf in a year, I would say easily 30 rounds of golf a year. Wow. Um, and that's, you know, some weeks going more than once. Um, and then on top of that, practice, right? Getting out of the house and going to the driving range, that was at least weekly, sometimes a couple times a week. So it was a, a big time drain. Um, and my wife was feeling it, right? Now, that's not necessarily the reason that I gave it up for the year, but she has felt that she's gotten all this time back because I've been home and not golfing. So I'm wondering how that's going to play out in the upcoming year, right? Um, And I guess my point of bringing that up was I've also kind of come to the conclusion that I don't necessarily need golf, Mm -hmm. right? I... I definitely want competition in my life. Um, I can't at this moment say that I necessarily need it. Um, I can't necessarily say that I need to golf, but it does provide, again, those things that I want. You know, some time with friends, uh, some time out of the house, and it's a physical activity, so I get to, you know, get some frustration out sometimes, you know, um, but I, I'm curious how this is going to affect us, as in, will I go back to golfing as often as I did? Especially <clears throat> knowing what you know, that you not golfing has helped to meet a need mm-hmm. for her that she's felt was essential. Right. No, I'm guessing there's a balance there somewhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you did 30 rounds of golf, like 18 holes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of golf, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you might be able to cut that in half, you know, yeah. maybe half as much. And, and that's that might be a good compromise because I think sometimes in relationships, you know, if you're trying to make it work, uh, if you're trying to be on the same page, you may not get every single thing that you want. And that's sometimes not the, I don't know, I don't know about compromising in, in relationships. That, that might be a topic that might be a different topic, but you know, in, in order to keep the peace, you can't just go back to thirty rounds a year. Right. That ain't gonna work, right? So you, you might have to find some kind of balance there, yeah. Where you're still yeah, able to meet your own need and then meet the meet her need that you've discovered. Yeah, especially since she's felt what it's like for you not to golf, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure she's loving it. But I think a, a compromise is make sure it's on the calendar. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I struggle most. And, you know, that would probably be, well, obviously end less rounds. You know, maybe go half as much and make sure you schedule it. But um, I, seeing the value of what it is for her is also kind of about the self-aware piece. But I know you, Harlan, you mentioned balance, but now it's like, okay, what it's in our lives we as husbands or as husbands that want a successful marriage we're looking out for what's best for 
our wives and our families, you know, if we have kids. So how do we balance just those, whatever that need is, and still wanting it, receiving it without giving up everything that we might quote unquote need for the sake of the happiness of our wife. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that sent me into a little bit of a different place as well. When you're talking about balance, like there's a lot of factors in that, right? Like my identity typically is if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. Right. So with that comes practice and, you know, all these other things that go into doing something well. And so I think what I'm trying to get at is you have to be aware of where you're directing your attention. Okay. So from the outside, it might look like, oh, he just changed directions. And rather than golf, now he's spending all of his time on a podcast. And I put a lot of work into being better at editing and, you know, I, I spend more time than I used to talking to you guys, right? Um, just kind of diving in the, into the world of educating myself on this and then also spending time working on it. Now, I do believe that it's helping make me a better husband. But like I said, from the outside, it could it could be said that I'm basically doing the same thing, just in a different direction. Yeah, like you're finding something. It might shift, but it might be something else. Yeah. So then, does that make me weak, or does it make make it a need? I'm I'm looking for a real answer here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's something definitely innate in you that is always looking for the next challenge. Yeah. You know, so, you know, when, when we were younger, when we were growing up, it's, it's the sports stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and then as, even as a younger adult, it's, it was the golf and the pool because you're still, you were competing. You were able to like feel that rush that I was just talking to my dad about that. There's, there's no comparison to being an athlete and doing something on the field and hearing like a, a crowd cheer. You cannot recreate that at the Kingston rec uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning playing against, you know, random dudes, doctors, and you, you can't recreate that, you know? So, you know, I think you have that, that longing to just to, to compete, to be competitive, but I think the, a little bit maybe deeper down is you like a challenge, mm. you know, you like to be able to, you know, push your limits because, you know, if you, if you don't take any steps, you're kind of just stuck and no one wants to live that life. You always want to, you know, you're, you know, you, we have a finite amount of time here on this earth. And while we're here, you know, let's not just be a, a veg and, and sit back and, and just, you know, not do anything. Let's challenge. Let's, you know, let's make an effort to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. So I think that that's your drive. And and it, that's a gift from God. But uh, your, your, your place of blessing might also be your place of weakness at times. So, um, you know, I think the key might be making sure that there's uh, definitely an equal investment over the long haul. You know, it can't just be, hey, here's the next shiny thing that I'm going to be pursuing Mm -hmm. at the detriment of 
you know, she's got to also feel that she is too a shiny thing that you are, that you are pursuing. You know, so making sure that she knows that she's number one, even with all the other exploits that you have going on, which are good. They're healthy. It's not like you're, you're doing crack or anything like there's like, there's no, there's not like an unhealthy thing. It's a healthy pursuit that you're going for. Right. Paul, you got anything on that? Cause I, uh, just had a, uh, revelation I'll say. No, go ahead. All right. So how deep do you think we have to dive and what might the process look like to figure out what our actual need is in whatever it is we're doing, right? And Harlan just kind of put it into perspective for me that my actual need might be recognition. With all the things you said, right? Getting those, you know, the the crowd screaming and all that. Um, with the the pool, you know, winning patches and you know having a ranking, yeah, right. Um, with golf, being able to beat my buddies, right, and you know, winning, you know, the the charity tournaments in that, and you know, having your name called and you go up and get your prize and all that stuff. Maybe my true need for competition is recognition. But again, back to the question, like, what is the process of, you know, kind of figuring out and also having that conversation to identify your needs with your wife? Yeah, um, you definitely have to do it outside of your own head. So to even to right, because how you came to that conclusion was someone else kind of giving you back. OK, so this is what you're saying. Is this kind of what you're saying? And then kind of building a scenario to play it out so that you could either confirm or say, no, that's not quite it. And the only way you have that is with community or with your wife. So something that, um, a, really the only way to do that is to process it with someone out loud to get the thoughts out of your head, even so you can hear them and be like, Oh no, that's not it at all. Um, I think that would be the first step. And if, if you have it, initially without your wife if it's just a couple friends or whatever and then make sure you have that conversation with your wife because she may feel like you need something else that you may not even have even thought of mm-hmm. um and i think those are pre step one or step one a and b depending on how you attack it yeah it's definitely a deep dive and i i like that idea sarge of not um, I think some kind, some people call it like a, a mental negotiation. You know, it's just in your head and you're kind of just like, you're just batting it off the four walls of your head, of your brain. But it's it's not, it's not, you know, it's not really registering to you as something that's other than exactly what it is until you come out and say it. So it's it's good that you've, you know, recognition is, is something that we all appreciate. Um, you know, if you get an award, you know, the older you get, probably the less awards you get for doing things. <laughs> right. You know, maybe at, at work you'll get something. You know, but you an know, attaboy. Yeah, you know, like, but yeah, a certificate's great, but where's the where's the cash at? You know, like that's <laughs> that's how I get that's where I get my rewards from. But um, you know, having that conversation with people that you trust, I think, would definitely be a a way to to 
to help you to see what it is. But I, I don't know if any people are that mature enough to, to even know that they what they're actually going for is not what they're actually going for. You know, yeah, there's an, a, a, I'm sorry, sorry. There's a, there's a level of emotional intelligence that you have to kind of get to, 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 to look past that surface, you know, thing that you're just getting and find out like, what's the root cause? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think following kind of Brian's example path is like, okay, figure out what we think we have to do or those things that we're involved in or those people we need to be around or whatever that is. And then say, why just keep asking why the heck out of that, that situation or that group until you can drill it all the way down to something of, of substance. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I I like that process of, you know, when you're really trying to deep dive and figure something out, keep asking yourself why, right? And what what's the rule? Like at least seven times, some something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm trying to find the uh, the correlation here. What is it? Um, Maslow's hierarchy hierarchy of needs. Um, I know listening to Ty Lopez, he had like the five M's, right? Um, which are uh, escaping me at the moment, but I know like, one of them was money, one of them was mastery. Um, you know, uh, love is in there or relationship, but I- I'm not sure if recognition kind of ties into mastery. It it might. I I haven't uh, you know kind of gone down that rabbit hole in a while, but it's that's something definitely worth looking up because those are going to be basically the cores of what human need is. And so if you're searching, like, I I think I'm doing this because I need this, it it might shift your mindset as to what your actual need is. Now, I have have another question for you guys. Um, What happens when there's not just a disagreement in your marriage as far as needs are concerned, but a disagreement about what your need actually is. Can you can you kind of wrap your head around what I'm trying to say there? So let's say... Say that one more time. All right. So let's say your wife has a, a full understanding of, you know, the hierarchy of needs, right? And you're trying to convince yourself and her that, you know, my need is space, Right. And then she comes to you and says, well, no, your your actual need as you're presenting it is something else. Right. So, like, let's say rather than going through this process I just did with you guys, I was home with my wife having this discussion and, you know, I said, yeah, I just need to get out of the house. And she's like, no, your your actual need is recognition. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing because your wife would be awesome figuring right. that out right off the bat. You know, ho- hopefully, you know, she would uh, be willing and able to explain how she came to that, uh, you know, that that final determination. Um, but I'm just kind of trying to figure out what that might look like and 
how we could be open to that sort of conversation when you know you're convinced that this is something that I need to my core, mm-hmm. and then you know someone has a different perspective, especially your wife, and you know kind of checks you. I mean, I think off the jump that you would not be able to accept that response. Like if I said that I needed space and my wife came up with an ethereal uh, response of just like, no, you need recognition. (laughs) There would be so so much of a disconnect between what she said and my brain that I wouldn't be able to accept it. And then I would be like, you know what? You're right. I do need, actually, no, you're wrong. I need space because this answer is exactly why I need space. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I don't think I would agree right off the bat. I, I and even an explanation as clear as you you made it previously, it would be hard for me to accept because it would probably take me a, a long time to process that that step down because if the highest place that I was that I thought I was at was just the the challenge and the competition and then you ask, you know, you ask your why the seven times and then all of a sudden you get down to that lowest rung and you're like, "Oh man, I need recognition." But it it, it wouldn't be an easy sell and I, I wouldn't necessarily be wanting to buy it in that point in time mm-hmm. because in my mind I'd already made up that this is what I actually need and if someone goes against what I think I actually need I'd be like no you're crazy how do, how do you know how do you know what I need you know if it feels like only you know what you need um, but if you have a, a wife or a spouse who knows you uh, and who you know, is invested in you being in, invested in meeting your your needs, then I think she might have some insight as to what that actual thing is. Yeah, and there definitely has to be a layer of trust as well, right? So, I I guess the way I picture myself in that space is I have all this trust that I've given to my wife that I share with her, and if she were to come to me and say something like that and then explained it right to some level i have already kind of submitted because i trust that she has my best interest at heart yeah. right i have to because that's the the foundation of our relationship yeah so i i might have to have a deeper conversation with her to really like figure out why it is she is, you know, trying to tell me this uh, so I could just fully understand. And maybe I learned something about myself. Yeah. Right. But I think at this point in our relationship, she probably knows me better than anybody else. And if she has some knowledge in the in the subject, I'm going to trust that she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. But would you agree with it? Probably not right out of the gate. <laughs> you know, I mean, and especially as a man, I'm like. Nah, <laughs> I'm gonna beat on my chest a couple times, and then you know, then she could put me in the cage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would have, I'd have to process that. Like, I'd have a hard. I'd be like, okay, I know you know what you're talking about, and I know that you're not coming at me just to say a random need that I have. So then I'd have to check myself and go through all these, okay, why would she say this? And then in my mind, I'd probably have those. Then I'd have to go back and say, okay, so why did you say this? Um, but then it's already, so I would already, honestly, because of the trust factor, like you said, and us being married this long, 
and knowing her personality, I would probably start leaning like, oh man, she's probably right. Like, I'd be like, what am I missing? That's what I would say. What am I missing that I think it's this and she's saying this? And then it would, the conversation would immediately, first I would immediately be like taken aback, like what is going on? But after that, we have the conversation to flesh this out so I can understand what you're saying. And then I would, at the end of the day, it'd probably be like, you're probably right. And then it'd be depending on what the action um, involves with the difference, right? If one is space and one is recognition, okay, so how do we, how do we try both out and see what the result is? Um, that's immediately where I would go with trying to figure out. But if I, at the end of the day, agree with her, then I may try that first because she's already on board with that. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah, um, definitely. Whatever that solution is, because that it always helps to have your wife on board with what you're trying to do and then give that a chance. And then if it works, we're good. But if it doesn't, we're going to go back to my space uh, solution if that makes sense. And I, I think it's also worth being said that as far as the hierarchy of needs are concerned, that you will hit everything on the list, right? It's just more or less some things are going to be prioritized higher than the other, but they're called needs for a reason because you you need all of them. And you know, even if we go back to um, love languages, right? You receive love in all of those different ways that are discussed in that in that list, but you may want to receive love in a specific way more than others. So I think that should also be a part of the process. You know, sitting down with your wife and reviewing the list of the hierarchy of needs, and you know, basically just figuring each other out so you know best how to serve each other and how to provide for each other. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, it's all about, it is about what you need, but it's also about how do we get there together to have those needs met. And you can't do that without a good conversation with your wife about them. Yeah. (laughs) But so we... I mean, we talked about having your needs and all that, but how do we, I guess the first thing is finding out what those needs are, which we talked about, but then Hmm. are we okay with compromising on needs when you come to your wife, once you figure out what those are? All right. So explain what you mean by compromising on needs. So... So you have what you have as a need. And I think in this conversation, once you bring that up, she'll have what she has as needs. And you're trying to figure out how to make sure all those needs are met in a healthy way. Right? So how do we go from preconceived notions of what our needs are? Like start even before you're, your golf example, right? You come in, I'm married. I need this for my wife. Um, I need this for my wife. 
then you have that conversation that might be different from what your mind thinks the conception of marriage needs are. Then you really find out what your needs are. Then you really find out what her needs are. And they may clash in a sense of give or take. So Mm -hmm. how do you go from, as Brian said, I chose to give into what my, you know, what she was saying, and then I was able to find my need. But how do we do that without always choosing to give up for your wife? Yeah. I just don't think that it needs to go to that extreme all the time. Um, you know, now that also goes to say, I previously mentioned, you know, taking a break from something to figure out if it's actually a need. Um, so maybe that's just a tactic, but you know, it's gotta be part of the conversation. Um, you know, cause there has to be a balance, right? Um, my wife doesn't get to spend a lot of time with her friends and it's up to us to have a conversation to figure out how to make that happen more. If she feels that's something that she needs to do, right? It can't just, you can't just be self-centered, right? In a marriage and think, all right, well I need this. I'm, you know, I need to make this work or, you know, it's a deal breaker. Um, so like you said, you know, the, the give and take of it is really just having the conversation about what the needs are and then executing on how to deliver on those needs. But with the realization that it's never going to be full tilt in your favor, right? As in, I'll probably never again be able to just pick up and do what I want to do whenever I want. But I've, but I've chosen that. So once you've made that choice to be married and to give and take, you, you live that life. And, and to the point is, you know, I don't think achievement of my needs or obtaining my needs doesn't always you know, negate or cause her needs to not be met. Mm-hmm. I think in a, in a perfect world when they're two mature people have established what their needs are, I think they're going to be able to establish needs, well, have needs that aren't contrary to each other. You know, I, I, I would hope that, you know, that, that's, that, that hopefully that's a clear, you know, explanation there, you know, but, but for example, you know, if your wife comes from, you know, a small, how, uh, you know, when she grew up with a small family and maybe you grew up with a large family and, you know, your wife, you know, since she grew up with a small, she wanted to have, she wants to have a lot of kids, you know, and then you had a lot of brothers and sisters and you're like, well, you know, I know what it's like to have a lot of people around taking all my stuff and, you know, I want to just be able to have, you know, one or two so they can have that experience. So at that point, you you have to, um, you know, there is a point of tension there where you, the, the the desires of one and the desires of the other could clash because your thought, your overall thought is like, hey, I, this is the way I want it and here's why I want it. And uh, probably the 
the person who's able to argue the best is going to get their way, you know, but is that actually, you know, the best way to re- resolve that, that, that place of conflict? Um, but the, the, the obvious compromise would be just, you know, if someone said they wanted six and someone said they wanted two, you'd meet, you'd meet in the middle, you know, but who's, you know, the, the wife might be passionate. The husband might be passionate. How, how far do you push in order to meet that need? You know, and then I think it comes back to what we discussed earlier about being able to, excuse me, to dive down deeper to find out, you know, well, why do I want that small family? Why does, why does, um, she want that large family and meeting and having that conversation. That's a, and that's a hard conversation to have. Are you able to, to, to have that conversation with each other in a way that's respectful, uh, a way that, you know, your explanation will be heard. And I don't know if you really want to go into it, trying to convince them as much as it is just trying to communicate like what your side is and why you feel the way that you feel. And in this specific example, you know, it's the wife's body. So, I mean, she does have a, a real heavy say on this specific example. That's true. Um, yeah, and I've been there too. <laughs> you yeah. know, we had different ideas of uh, what we wanted the size of our family to be. I was leaning towards two children. She was leaning towards three. Uh, three happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um but now we're on the same page, like, no more. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we're done. Life is hard. Man. Yeah. So as you were talking, Harlan, the funny thing about it was you're talking about, like, how big you want a family to be. And personally, I don't necessarily see that as a need. Right? So... My wife could have talked to me until she was blue in the face about having five kids. Right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I came from a a large family as far as like I had a lot of uncles and cousins and things of that nature, right? Um, but inside the household, it was just me and my brother. And I feel like that happens quite a bit, right? You kind of like tend to to duplicate the style of family you came from, right? Um and man, I don't know. It's it was a definite point of contention for us. Like there were tears, and you know, all of it. Yeah. Right. And I I don't know. I'm trying to recollect. I don't know if I just caved or if I convinced myself that I was just giving my wife what she wanted. And and sometimes that's how it. I mean. When I, whenever I think of, you know, the, one of the characteristics of a man, you know, I think of the idea of sacrifice mm-hmm. and the idea that sometimes you don't just get what you want. And, you know, that's okay, that's okay sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, you might not get what you want this time, but maybe there's another opportunity for you to get, you know, that, that need or that itch scratched or whatever. Um, but how, how are you handling, you know, in those moments when you're not getting exactly what you want? And if you did give in and just gave her what she wanted, then that's a, a point of sacrifice. And sacri- sacrificing is a, a, a way to show care. And right. you often talk about love is not what you say. 
It's what you do. And so that's not inconsistent with your character um, as, you know, not necessarily giving in, but just, you know, providing and and showing as opposed to to saying that that you care. Right. Yeah, I I would say I definitely try to deliver on that as often as I can. Um, And if really for no other reason than it, it being my personality and, you know, me caring, actually caring for my wife, um, you know, that's how I believe marriage should go. And now that I'm thinking about it, she's also given me plenty of examples of sacrifice for me to have what I want slash need. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you got any value out of this episode, we'd like to invite you to rate, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to be a guest or want to have your questions answered, hit us up on our website, marriageistougher.com, or follow us on Facebook, searching Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips. Thanks again. This is Paul. And this is Brian. We will talk to you next time.